bring it to your ears. Federal Executive Council FEC on Wednesday approved 13 memoranda from seven ministries. Senate President has said the National Assembly will work with the independent National Electoral in Joss and other parts of Flatter State have urged the state... Current political news around you, critically analyzed and brutally discussed to keep you informed. Politics and how leaders have been... No, I said they should show... I'm coming. I say I didn't They don't have. They don't have. Which I know they will not show you because they don't have. There is anthropological incline that is conjured with a lot of religion and social classes that is causing all of this. But I will say this clearly. Politics or politicians in code takes advantage of the situation. But it is Join Ponsak Fanap and Gilbert Joseph on Nigeria at Sunset weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on J11.9 FM as we discuss political issues that affect our daily lives. A very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jos. My name is Ponsat Fana. Beautiful uh, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday evening, 29th of December 2022. Gilbert Joseph, compliment of the good season. I mean, I will never get tired of, of wishing you compliments. Yeah, thank you so much um, for being that gracious. Um, I trust that your day was fruitful, Ponsak. Um, of course, I'm still in the mood. I'm still... Um, in the spirit of Christmas, and um, I just, I just kind of hope it doesn't elapse. But that's never going to happen, you know. So I have to align with the realities mm-hmm. that times absolutely fly. Yeah. Well, I would like to wish my dear brother and friend uh, Sadiq Kualtom tomorrow's his uh, wedding, uh, Fatia in Dengi Kanam. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, I said twenty eighth is twenty nine. So tomorrow is uh, <laughs> the. Uh, okay, yeah, today is twenty eighth. That's true. Yesterday was twenty seventh. True. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so uh, I think the Christmas was good. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Anyway, wishing Sadiq Qualtom a happy married life as he ties a knot uh, in my moment of days. Uh, with his wife uh, to be, that is, and pray that uh, God will help them to make each other happy always. Well, and uh, today I visit uh, my uh, my dear brother and friend, uh, Mr. Winston Jinan. And, you know, when I was about leaving, then I asked that uh, his kids come and shake me. And then his one of his boys, you know, taught me how to shake, especially <laughs> now. And, you know, I just, I, I told him high five. And then he said, no, 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 not high five. And then we did the pa, 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 pa. <laughs> he told me after, I said, okay, okay, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. And then we did it again. I said, I've got it now. And then he said, now you can go for your high five. Then I gave him a high five. <laughs> I said, well, uh, times have changed. Well, great uh, great hosting there by the Winston family together with his dear wife and his uh, children. Thank you very much for the great food and the Zobo. Well, uh, Gilbert, what stories have you followed today? Uh, lots of stories, lots of stories. But something um, caught my attention 
at Afghanistan, right, where the Taliban is coming real hard on women's rights. Um, in the past couple of weeks, they, they imposed really stringent measures against women. And just this morning, I was seeing a video where a 19-year-old who is set to enroll into a university saying she regrets or she, she, she has seen no reasons why God, at the end of his creation, even had to create women because of how abused you know, women are at the moment of, at Afghanistan. And it was really touching. It was pathetic. They can't go to schools. Uh, they can't work with non-governmental organizations. These are just few of the top stringent restrictions that the Taliban have imposed, you know, after the whole brouhaha that took place um, there and then the eventual intervention of U.S. President Joe Biden. And it's really pathetic. It's really pathetic to think that in this century and era, for whatever reasons, right, if you think there are limitations to what people should definitely you shouldn't dehumanize them by taking away some of the rights that by nature and naturalization uh, they ordinarily should have and own, you know. So that really uh, caught my attention um, big time, really, Ponsak. Well, uh, this is very painful that in our world, and, you know, look at that 19-year-old uh, with the thing, you know, that uh, she, she said, you know, about being a woman. Uh, and, well, for some people who are ignorant who think that uh, the Taliban represent Islam. I'm not, I'm not a Muslim. I'm not speaking for a Muslim, but I believe that people should make sense and sen- common sense. If you look at uh, some Muslim-majority countries, I mean, Qatar just hosted the World Cup. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the rights that women enjoy you know, in, in, in a country like Qatar, and Qatar is a Muslim-majority country, uh, look at a country like even Saudi Arabia, that women have right you know, to travel and to drive themselves and go to university and to uh, do, you know, uh, enjoy basic rights just like the male gender. Uh, so for people who come and, and tell me that that is what... Uh, because, you know, it's Afghanistan and it's a Muslim-majority country. This is how, you know, you have to apply some common sense to understand that, look, uh, for the fact that few people have an extreme or uh, what they are doing doesn't immediately represent, you know, what the true tenets of their faith, you know, practice, you shouldn't, you know, take it to say, okay, this is how all of them, you know, for example, uh, behave. Look at prosperous country like uh uh, Dubai, look at countries like uh, Malaysia, Indonesia. All of these countries are Muslim-majority countries, but look at their GDP per capita and look at the rights, you know, that women enjoy, you know, in those societies. So this is just perversion and is a threat to human civilization mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, people will rise up and feel that uh, some human beings, because of their gender, you know, deserve uh, some form of restriction, you know, for example. So that is absolute uh, nonsensical and it doesn't make sense and this is calling on you know all right thinking human beings to rise up to say we don't want that you know of our kind because this humankind we don't want that you know of uh, uh, our civilization we don't want anything to taint our civilization because one of the dreams that i have as a human being is that i want to live in the world that um respect i mean the core of you know the center of attraction for example is a human being whether that human being is happy whether that human being feel, uh, feels protected whether that human being has better access to healthcare uh, education uh, because 
if you empower human beings, society has been empowered. And, you know, that's basically the conversation I had during lunch with uh, someone that, you know, I've come to respect. Uh, he works for UN Women, uh, Mr. Peter Mancha, and very awesome conversation. It's all about education. So if you're denying women the right, how will they be able to understand the right uh, nutrition that they need, their bodies need, maybe after giving birth or to give to their newborn? So you see how I said it doesn't make sense? And is knowledge a bad thing to pursue even in Islam? Absolutely. Uh, no, knowledge is a good thing, you know, to pursue. Uh, but again, you find, you know, this kind of extremist with a very, um, uh, what will I say, haphazard understanding, you know, of uh, what uh, their faith, you know, basically is. Very sad and pathetic. Sad, sad, really. And I think that country might well be heading into um, self total self-destruct. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Because at the moment, things aren't even fine economically. There was a time when, you know, people basically had to drug their kids to ensure they went into sleep to forget they're hungry. These things happened at Afghanistan. And you find, I don't know the extent to which they're getting at the moment, but the signs are clear that certainly it's not going to end well for them, say in the next decade. Because I, I just can't fathom, you have pontificated a lot on this, and it doesn't make any sense to, to the normal or right-thinking human person. Well, would they even listen to the international community? That's, that's left to be seen. Yeah, well, but the international community, of course, has a role and responsibility because they are protecting, you know, human beings, especially World Health Organization, uh, UN, and all of the INGOs doing, you know, incredible well to ensure that human beings everywhere on this planet, you know, live with dignity and respect. Well, uh, Gilbert, are you following, you know, the G5 governors and their meeting in London? Yeah, I, this is the first time you hear the meeting in London. Yeah, exclusively they've met several, um, yeah. on multiple occasions with especially, other candidates. But yeah, especially in this administration, I don't know why London is the most preferred, you know, place to meet. You, you know, we spoke about the fact that um, our politicians either disrespect um, the local media or they think to conceal certain things, you have got to just travel out of Nigeria in order to do that. And this is why, again, um, for me, being in the media space, I don't find interesting. I don't find that um, captivating. What exactly do you want to do that cannot be concealed in Nigeria, right, in the shores of Nigeria? But that's an aside. Let's look at what the signs are pointing towards. Um, lots of permutations, lots of permutations, and certainly in the next couple of days, being January 2023, would get to understand exactly what they're saying because um, I did read that by the 5th of January, that's when they would want to make their position clear. Whether that's going to hold water or not, we'd get to find out in the next couple of days. But eventually, we're seeing the signs and exactly would know where they're headed towards. And this is where I think if they're able to speak in one voice, they would be able to banish ethnicity, they would be able to banish some of the differences and fault lines that has characterized Nigeria because you do know that um, one of them is from North Central, one is from the Southwest, two from the Southeast, and of course you have one coming from um, the South-South. So we would get to see how they would help recalibrate or reshape um, the history or the picture of Nigerian politics in the next couple of days. So it's been an interesting affair involving the G5 because of course yesterday we spoke about again um, how 
certain disruptions might be coming to the pictures. But this, again, might be another card they're trying to uh, throw, right? In order to just uh, a form of fly a cat or to mislead onlookers as exactly to where um, their next directions would be. So we'd get to find out, Ponsan. Sure thing. Let's play this insert by the uh, president of Middle Bell Forum, Dr. Petrus uh, Beatrice Pogu. And when we come back, we have two guests, local government autonomy and, of course, the JMM appeal, uh, state government issue. When we come back, the show will continue. Stay here. The president, uh, having made his statement, uh, he is the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Uh, when he came to office in 2015, he stayed for six good months to, having, uh, to have a good time and uh, a period where he could select uh, the best lieutenants that would help him run the government smoothly. He made promises to Nigerians. Uh, now we can judge him by fulfillment of those promises, uh, if at all he performed well. Uh, he made lots of promises with regards to economy, and uh, rather than improving the economy, the economy is worse off uh, under his regime. It has never been this bad. Uh, when he came in, uh, one dollar, I remember, uh, was uh, trading for about 198 naira. Today, uh, one dollar is 700 and something naira. Uh, in fact, it went up to 900 naira before the central bank uh, intervened in a way uh, and manner which is uh, not uh, normal in, uh, in our economic circles. Um, with regards to the security, uh, when he came in, he gave, made promises. He will end this, he will do that. Rather, insecurity escalated from what it was in the northeast to nearly every part of the country, and we are still living with it. Um, Kidnapping and uh, banditry uh, became the uh, thing of the day. People had to sell their property to uh, rescue loved ones. And even at times, these loved ones are killed. Uh, for the first time in Nigeria, like the Wild West, uh, a train was uh, 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 I mean, stopped and uh, people from the train were taken out and kept in places within this country. Uh, we all believe that our military and security agencies know where the bandits are, but we believe because of lack of political will, these people continue to operate freely. Uh, maybe lately for the intervention of National Assembly and the threat of impeachment, uh, the president uh, had to have this, I mean, dish out this political will to give the military real marching order. And uh, we are hearing things happening. Uh, and I think in some areas, things are now improving, especially in the south, northwest. Um, the president uh, came in with a mindset and uh, Maybe he came in as a, with that mindset of a military man, but he came into a political uh, circle, and uh, many things are determined by the political heavyweights up there in the north. And because of that, nepotism became the rule of the day. It's possible the president wanted to do things right, but uh, these people who brought him to power had and still have overbearing influence on him and uh, there was lots of, and there is still lots of nepotism to the extent that uh, critical uh, areas and leaders 
in the security uh, architecture are headed by one section of the country, and uh, that had been a problem to everybody. Um, so when you measure the president based on these indices, you would say that the president has not performed well. Um, and even the infrastructure, uh, many of the credits being taken by uh, the government are just uh, uh, cosmetic things done to what uh, good luck Jonathan had done before he left office. So Mr. President need to look back and be objective and say, gentlemen, uh, I came in with the intention of doing X, Y, Z, but I have failed uh, and uh, I'm leaving the country worse off. Uh, but uh, forgive me, I didn't come to do this. Unfortunately, the vagaries of government has uh, brought all this on us. We pray that Nigeria will get up. Well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab. And my name is Gilbert Joseph. That was the president of Middlebell Forum, Dr. Beatrice Pogo. Well, uh, we have uh, two journalists with us, uh, public intellectuals and, I would say, writers in their own right. Uh, we have Mr. Shabul Mazadu. Good evening and thank you very much. Compliment of the good season, sir. Thank you very much. Good evening, listener. Well, we have Comrade Steve Aluko. Good evening and thank you very much for coming. Compliment good evening. Of the, good the best of the beginning of the best yeah. for all of us. For all of us, indeed. Uh, I think, let me start with Comrade Aluko. Uh, was it last week or two weeks ago we held a procession? Uh, we marched journalists, activists, uh, Nolge, and well meaning people who think that local government should have full autonomy uh, so that development will come to the people at the grassroots. What is the update of that uh, procession as at today? Because I learned that uh, the, there's a move by some members in the State House of Assembly to go ahead granting just financial autonomy. Talk to us. Absolutely, you're not far from the truth. Uh, ever since uh, we uh, marched at the Plateau State House Assembly and the uh, waste of assurance was given, go and sleep, uh, we took a good uh, review of the whole activity and realized that we needed not to go to sleep. And uh, at the end of the day, from our own monitoring from credible source, mm -hmm. uh, what the Plateau State House Assembly intended doing uh, is to give just the financial autonomy. And that is not the bargaining of Nigerians. That's not the bargaining of uh, people in the Plateau. And that is why I think opportunity like this is also very clear that people that have interest for development, for accountability and responsive leadership at the rural area, competitive development and uh, the dignity of the people living in the rural area. This is high time for everybody to call their Plateau State House Assembly member and let them know that the only way to act and do uh, think Plateau is for them to pass full autonomy. Because the implication is if you give somebody a financial autonomy and there's no credible process of electing the person, it means that you have just uh, disenfranchised the people uh, to the intent and purpose that uh, whosoever is the governor of the day will impose his own candidate. Mm -hmm. And the implication is that uh, when candidates are imposed, they cannot be held accountable, they cannot run a transparent government, and at the end of the day, it's the people that will suffer in terms of lack of uh, basic needs of life, good education, good health, and other places, and other things. 
So fundamentally, I think uh, the onus is on the night assembly. We commend those that are standing by the people, and we are calling on those that are still standing by the fringe that the best time to act and act well is now. Because if you, if you look at the scripture, if the book of Ecclesiastes is clear. Uh, three from verse one. He said, "There is time and season and purpose to everything. The purpose why they have the mandate of the people at this time is to stand by the people, so that uh, the question of insecurity of the rural population will come to a halt. Otherwise, we can be taken that they are part of the people that is hacking people down. Secondly, uh, is that uh, people have. Uh, if you also look at the scripture very well, the book of Esther, uh, is, it can be likened to what happened between Mordecai and Esther." Why Esther was in the palace and did not realize the impulse of the danger that is going out outside. And thank God for people like Mudika. And we have many of them on the plateau across religion, across ethnic, across every divide. This is the best time for every one of us to stand as Mudikaya and let them know that it is better for them to stand the stand of Esther. And if they fail, history will be against them. And many of them have to realize this that you are there today does not mean you'll be there forever. A good number of them are not coming back. So what will be the take back home that you give your people that while you represented them, this is what you do? And if you are aspiring for higher office, what is the credible uh, ground or issue you raise before the people? It's too dangerous at this time to say you are just given financial autonomy without the political autonomy. Because that's the most important thing. It's just lacking it to a president saying that uh, you can only vote for a presidential election and that we handpick the governor. And I think we have outgrown that. They've seen what is happening in the rural area, the vulnerability, the insecurity, the lack of development, uh, the, 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 the undignified living of the people of the, in the rural area. And the best they can do for over 348 villages on the plateau and counting other places is for them to stand on the side of the people. And history beckon on there. And people on the plateau, everybody that knows their phone number should pick it now and call them and say, look, this is the time to think plateau. We don't want a repeat of what General Yakubu did. You know, when Yakubu, as the city head of state, had the privilege of creating the Middle West state. He only created the, the Midwest Midwestern state. region. And that had put this region at disadvantage of manipulation till date. So they should learn from history that it, they are there today and they should do the needful. We respect that uh, uh, they are even taking it up as a matter of urgent public interest. But it should go beyond that. And what they should do is what Lalon did when he was the speaker. When other people were collecting money from Obasanjo to support it, he stood his ground. So if he's the one that is also pushing them now, they should remind him the history. In your own time, you stood for the people. And now he should stand for the people. And this is the high time that he himself, the governor, has to come out clean on this matter. Otherwise, it will be seen and be read that he's the one manipulating. Okay. And Pescale is the principal officers of the house that are doing this manipulation. So it is in their own interest to realize that if you don't secure the people of Plateau today, you are as vulnerable as any other person after you leave the office. Comrade, quickly before we come to um, Mr. Shabo, in negotiations world over, both parties have got to make concessions. And usually on an issue such as this, you never can get 100%. You never can get hundred because someone else would want to hold, you know, the the pack of the entire carrot, and then if you're able to get some peace, you return another day. Isn't this a step in the right direction that at least financial autonomy is on the way? Because 
it can be a, a form of, let me say, step one. Considering that when you return again, you are likely, even if it's not with or from this administration, you can get the other rights you're clamoring for. Let, let's get this clear. Uh, the basis function of the House of Assembly is to make law for the common good of all. The majority, not for the minority. And on this instant, the majority of Plato time in memoria have always voted for full local government autonomy. And it's because, either you like it or not, the minority rights factor is also there. So if you're saying negotiation, it's not an issue of negotiation. In the wisdom of the National Assembly, they have passed this law. It's just a vote that is needed from the State House of Assembly. And the NIPS, uh, an institution that is empowered to carry strategic uh, recommendations, have also done their own analysis and have come up with this. Even the Plateau House of Assembly, the, the templates that inform previous voting have not changed. In fact, it has even worsened in terms of poverty line, in terms of insecurity, in terms of underdevelopment or lack of development, in, of, in terms of lack of democratic credential of uh, either the people as a councillor or as a local government chairman. And, and it's, we also have our history because we've not been able to have popular candidate heading those offices in the plateau and other places. That is why today many of the rural population are most vulnerable than before. The best thing the Plateau State House Basilica do is to negotiate in the interest of the people. And the interest of the people is that people wanted local government autonomy full so that tomorrow no governor will impose any candidate on anybody. Because if you are taking the political right, the democratic right of the people, issue of voting for their own candidate, giving them financial autonomy is a waste. Because whosoever puts his own chairman and councillor there will dictate what will happen. And this is why some of the local government have been underdeveloped. And this is why many local government chairmen have also ended up in either EFCC net or ICPC net. So it's also in the interest of those local government chairmen to come out clear on this matter and make sure that we're not just playing to the gallery today. Tomorrow may be too late. Like I said, tomorrow may be very too late. Because if you look at the, the gladiators in the presidential circle, they are renowned people that are against local government autonomy. And if we miss this opportunity, we may not have the opportunity again. Okay. Um, comrade, um, Mr. Shabu, I keep um, referring to you as your comrade, probably by default. <laughs> um, I think at the heat of the Jasmine market rebuilding, you, you came out with a piece, an insightful article where you made reference to the NNPC mm. and what the Minister of Finance of the Federation mm. you know, said about the NNPC not remitting but yeah. paying taxes and all. Mm. Um, and that was in reference to how the judgment market would be managed eventually mm. if it got to be rebuilt. Yeah. How does this make you feel that on the second day of December, news broke <laughs> that the Plateau State Government was going to appeal the judgment uh, Honorable Dacho Musabagos mm. obtained from the High Court in Joss, restraining yeah. the state government, Governor Simon Bakola along, and the Attorney General of the state mm. from attempting to rebuild that facility. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, good evening, listener, and uh, best wishes of the season. Yeah, before I go into it, maybe there is a little uh, insight I would like to share on what my colleague here said. Uh, it's not Gawan that created the regions. It was uh, Tafabalea. 
Ghana only created states. The Midwest states. Yes. So lest anybody begins okay, yeah. to blame our man here for that. You see, the issue of the main market, um, if you look at what Bagos did, there are advantages and there are disadvantages. Because I sincerely believe if Lalong had the intention of constructing the main market, it would have been his number one priority. You know, any person that comes to government and really wants to make impact and to execute lots and lots of projects, he needs strong economy. I mean, he needs a powerful internally generated revenue mechanism. Right? Now, when Lalong came, the main market... It would be very, very good if the main market is reconstructed. I'm fully, fully in support of that. But you see, the process and the loan he wanted to get from Jayes Bank was what prompted people to kick against it and the number of years to pay that loan. But Lalong had the opportunity because he collected $29 billion for his legacy projects. And if you look at the legacy projects, they, they are just like a replica of other projects executed by his predecessor. Some of them don't even need to come on board. All he needed was to refurbish others. For instance, if you look at Barkinladi, he started constructing a hospital in Barkinladi, whereas there is an uncompleted hospital started by the Jang administration. If he had completed that hospital, he wouldn't have spent as much as he used in constructing the new one. Now, that $29 billion he collected, if he had taken $10 billion from it and reconstructed the market during his first term, he would have been generating revenue now from that main market to pay back the loan and to execute other projects. Because as far back as 2002, when the main market was attacked and destroyed, we learned that the state government was getting $9 million every day from that main market. Imagine it was reconstructed and then expanded. Now he collected the $29 billion. He did not complete the legacy projects. They are still hanging because of court case. And at the same time, again, even if they are going to be comp uh, completed, there will be revaluation <coughs> of the costs of completing them. That means we'll get more loans. And then these projects that he already has, he started the legacy projects, will not generate enough funds to pay back the loan. Now, again, he collected $9 billion for this overhead bridge. So if he were to collect that again, you find out that the indebtedness of, of Plateau State would have escalated. So I said, if Lalong had, from the outset, during his electioneering campaign, he promised to reconstruct the main market. I get it. If he had started with that main market, by now he would have been uh, generating revenue that he would use to execute other projects. Look at the Zaria Stadium. The main market and the Zaria Stadium, if he had started with this, maybe that $29 billion, if he sunk them there, if he had sunk them there, they would have been generating enough funds for that. So to me, going back to appeal, that, uh, to appeal the court's verdict to, so that he can go ahead uh, in collecting the loans, I don't think he's being fair to... To Plato say, we really need the main market to be reconstruct, uh, reconstructed. But I doubt, going by the loans that are already hanging on our necks, almost 200 billion we had, going back again to collect other loans, how are we going to repay these loans? Um, the government has said, while, why it didn't 
you know, attempt to rebuild that market in its first tenure, in its first four years, mm. is because it approached certain individuals and they, they were not willing to cough out money yeah. in aiding the rebuilding of that market. But there are individuals who have said they proposed to the state government mm. and the state government declined assent yeah. to them rebuilding, even at cheaper cost. Yes. Uh, do you sense any form of gap, information gap or sincerity deficit? You see, the problem with the Lalong administration, I must be candid with you, is that he has no regards for the fourth estate realm of governance, that is the media. And there are so many things that he's supposed to keep the state informed, but he's, in the, he's, he's not doing it. You understand? So now the court has stopped and said the state government has no right to reconstruct the market. That he wants to go for appeal, it is the right of the state government to go for appeal. But what is the feeling of the entire state? Going again to take that loan, what is the impact on that loan, on the next government and generations to come? How are we going to pay off these loans for crying out loud? First, he collected $5 billion as bailout. He has not finished paying that. He collected $29 billion for his legacy projects. That one is still there. He collected, again, $10.9 billion, and I heard that they have revalued it. I don't know how much the British America overhead bridge. Going back to collect these things running into billions, tell me which society will ever develop rapidly with poor internally generated revenue and huge debts. The sectors that are supposed to be developed to generate funds to even construct the main market without collecting loans have not been exploited, has not, have not been explored. Like the mining sector, we have so many mineral resources that had it been energies are channeled towards boosting them, will generate enough funds, I get in it, to reconstruct the market. There are certain projects that are totally irrelevant to me. Like there is already a secondary school in Rion. Why going back to reconstruct another? All you needed is that if that secondary school is small or it's not big enough, you can just add few structures. So what would you do with the old ones? I remember we don't have maintenance culture. I think there was this time we had a media party with him. And I told him, say there are many structures that his predecessors have erected that are dilapidating per day. They are deteriorating perpetually. These structures need to be revamped and they can be put into good use. Take, for instance, government college jobs. If the whole structures now will collapse, which government will be able to reconstruct them the way J.D. Gomok did? Look at government college Ampere. Look at government college Kana. Look at government college Jinger. Thank God that uh, the All Students Association of Jinger are doing well, trying to keep that school. Then leaving such structures, going again to, uh, to construct your own, we have enough secondary schools and we have hospitals in every zone that needs to be put in good shape. Are you getting it? But these hospitals have been neglected. Look at General Hospital Panshin. Look at that of Lantang. Is Plato Specialist Hospital here well equipped? Why going about to construct new hospitals? Using the resources. He would have used those resources to have started constructing, reconstructing the main market. 
So the debts that this man has already collected, to me, if the government will listen to, to my advice, he should halt dragging Plateau into another debt profile. We have enough billions on our heads to repay. Governor Steve, do you think the government can pursue this appeal and then eventually if it gets a judgment in its favor, in its favor go ahead with the rebuilding of that main market and then succeed in the short span of time it has? Or um, the bulk of the job would be carried out by whoever succeeds the governor? I, I think the issue is in, it's in the best interest of the government to not even go on appeal. It's not an issue of even pursuing it. Because if you look at uh, the last time there was mm. consultation at the state government house, he did ask everybody to go and do some level of consultation. Mm -hmm. And from the voting pattern that mm -hmm. we've seen, it will be tantamount for him to go for that. It will be misread or rightly read that is against the interest of the plateau. So I think it is in his best interest not to pursue that line. Why am I saying so? And if you also look at it very well, there are other sources. It's not everything you go for loan and the rest of it. There are other people within the states that will be willing to support if you open up to them and you can take. And beyond that, this is part of the reason why the local government autonomy must come to say. Who says that uh, if the governor have mobilized the local government chairman rightly, who says the local government can't own it? It's 10 billion mm -hmm. more than the local government in, in, on the plateau. So these are the issue. And then beyond that, uh, we've had some great rest in this state for some time. And the governor has celebrated himself as bringing some level of stability in terms of peace. It is his own interest not to break the roof. Because if you look at the way the debate was going at a point, it was taking more of ethnic and religious dimension. And Plato cannot afford another form of crisis that is avoidable. And this crisis is avoidable. As far as I'm concerned, the first time they used over a billion for the sweeping of the place. That would have been the best time to go into action. Now the timing is wrong. I support the reconstruction of the market. The timing is wrong, and a green loan is not the best. Rather, I will even suggest to the governor, ask the local government to invest into it. Many of them will even take advantage of that. It will give them uh, the resource base for further development and the rest of it. So he, he, my advice, and it's a strong one, the government should not pursue the, land, the line of going on appeal because very soon they will be campaigning for a candidate. So if he doesn't want to be seen as working against the interests of the candidate, he should not pursue that line because right. it, it will just cause a lot of distraction and division even within his own party. All right, we've been having a chat with uh, Mr. Shabul Mazadu and Comrade Steve Aluko, and we're looking at uh, the issue, you know, bringing you up to speed with the issue of local government autonomy and, of course, the appeal uh, on JMM, you know, by the state government. You know, they're appealing the judgment in favor of Honorable Dacho Musa Bagos, member representing Just South, Just East Federal Constituency. You can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 081-218-777 or you call 090-556-6699. Gilbert. On Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Live. And you can tweet at us at JFM Just. There you go. Let's take the first call. Hello. 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 Good evening. Thank you for calling. We're listening to you. Tell us your name first. 
Thank you very much. My name is Badik Umar. I'm calling from TNT Junction. We're listening. Thanks for calling. Yes. Uh, actually, I will comment uh, Mr. Aluko for his standing always when it comes to local government autonomy issues. History will never be made without his name in the fighting for the local government autonomy. And I also want to use this medium to call on the representative in the State House of Assembly. In the local government autonomy, is something that is supposed to have been done for a very long time in this federal administration. Saying that local government is the government that is connected to the people, is the government at the grassroots. I think being the local government have autonomy, I think there is a lot of things that will be done with the, from, from the local government without even interfering by the state government. But we are calling on the federal uh, assembly to sign this with an emergency effect so that we can get it right. And lastly, my comment on this uh, market issue, actually it is an uh, issue that is coming to political in nature. Because in that, this market is one of the number one promises of this present administration. And I didn't mean to take this market very serious. This market has been demolished for almost two years, but they have not done anything about it. It's not like just at the end of the end of the administration that they will now be talking about collection loans to reduce this market. Actually, this one will not be accepted by the citizens of Plateau State. Seeing that there is nothing in uh, the infrastructure that this uh, administration has done, apart from the British. Uh, yeah, well, thank, you. Th- thank you, thank I you, thank you, There is a lot of things that the British administration do not fulfill. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sadiq. Thank you for calling. Hello. 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 Very good evening. Yeah, thank you for calling. Good evening. Thank you very much, Pastor. He's great comrade. I don't want Solomon. Calling from Angola. Well, listening. Thanks. Uh, thank you for calling. God bless, comrade Steve Aluko and the other guests. God bless Joseph Gilbert. Uh, I will be very brief, Pastor. Local government level. Is the closest level to common man. And it's the closest government to the rural areas. They have a lot to do. So, local government demands. They demand autonomy. This, uh, the federal government should give you autonomy. I don't know why this government, this government that has jacked the power of the local government, they are not even working. The development is not even reaching the rural areas. So, I appeal to the state governors. Incoming government, because I have lost my confidence on the president administration, even from the federal government, I have lost my confidence on them. Some one of them is this uh, governors, which are, they are not going to pass the government to but the one we have on the plan, have not done anything. That is just the truth of you. So I appeal for Nigerians to be very smart and be wise, come 2023. Vote those who have the country at hand. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, after this, Gilbert will take us through our social media. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Very good evening, Mr. Ponsak. Yeah, thank you for calling. We're listening. Yeah, great comrade Bernard on the line. Goodbye. God bless you, people. Hold on. Senior okay. comrade Steve Aluko will not get tired of thanking you, and the other guys too. Thank you, sir. Uh, I think this member matters is a forgotten issue because it's not a local stand. You must tell people the owner of the property before you start. And the process was questionable. So, why are we insisting on something that's not possible? Well, Mr. Ponce, I want to appreciate the presence of uh, Nidu Bedford, Dr. Beatrice. 
Yes, Gilbert. Yeah, quickly on Facebook. Isang Asay saying, good evening, Sunset. I just want to urge everyone to vote wisely come 2023. Don't sell your vote. May God bless us with good leaders next year. Love you guys. God bless JFM. Thank you. That was longer. Yes, that was. Yes, all the political parties are trying their best to convince people to see their qualities. But let the people decide which party to vote and who becomes their leader in 2023. The future of Plateau State lies in our hands. Let's use it responsibly. Compliment of the season. Same to you. Peter Agnes says, good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert. The political atmosphere of late isn't interesting. Where is uh, security of lives and property, foodstuffs, skyrocketing, non-payment of salaries, etc. They should adjust in these few months they have because nothing to write home about this present administration. Let's go get our PVC available come 2023 and vote wisely. Mr. Kabri's kindness says, good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. Almost all the political parties are making moves to convince Nigerians to vote for them. But my main concern is that up till now, INEC as a body is not making logical moves to make, making sure that people get their PVCs. What I advise is they should send the PVCs to what levels or polling units where people made their enrollments. Sankira Marcos says, even in Ponsak and Gilbert, and behind the G5, if only they will support the candidature of Peter Obi. The South East should speak in one voice for them to actualize their dream. PVC is the key. Andrew Lang says, The political atmosphere at the moment is blurry, and electioneering campaigns are lukewarm, unlike other dispensations. There's slim chance for all contestants until results are out. Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. Dan Azumi Dauda says, My interest is on the G5 governors and their quest to go against their party and presidential candidate. A move that shows how some politicians lack party ideology and discipline, and that sent wrong message to young, upcoming politicians. Comrade Dadong Antiba says, Any administration that abandons local government is an enemy of democracy. It's very unfortunate that the governors hijack the power of the local chairman as a threat on our democracy. I have lost confidence on this government. Nigerians should just prepare to bring in a reasonable leader and may God help us. Beatrice Yusuf Gia says, To me, there is nothing new to comment in Nigerian politics today. No positive changes to it. I believe if the leaders, okay, if the holidays are fully over, they will continue their drama from where they have stopped. All I say is, let's all possess our PVC. That will serve as an instrument of dethroning and installing our leaders come 2023. Good evening, Ponsak, Gilbert, and the guests in the house. Compliment of the season to you all. Thank you. James Kobba says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. Your guests have spoken very well, but they should please help tell INEC to give me my PVC. Come next week. Come upper week. I'm tired, though. 
Thakuka Factors go on, says Ponsak and Gilbert. Um, we are rushing to 2023. My PVC um, is yet to arrive. Okay, count my votes now. All right, Julius Achigak Igama says, Good evening, Ponsak, Fanap, Gilbert, and the guests in the house. If the G5 governors endorse Peter Obi in January, then it will be a, vict- a victory to all the good people of Nigeria. Peter Obi is the candidate to vote for come 2023. Richard Egbita says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert and the guests in the house. APC is not an option come 2023. Where is the fear? Where, what is the price of fail today? <coughs> Poverty index is increasing every day. Unemployment on the increased poor education system. It's time for New Nigeria and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in advance. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Howard Ibrahim says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert and the guests in the studio. You are doing a good job. May Allah bless you abundantly. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Howard Ibrahim from Andan Kelly. All right. Ponsak? Well, let's uh, take more phone calls and then we'll come to the guests. Hello. 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 Okay. I don't know what's going on. Hello and good evening. Hello. Hello, Ponsak and Gilbert. Yes, good evening. Thank you for calling. Compliment of the season to you all there. Same to you. Thank, Thank you for calling. My concern is about the loan Tell us the your name. Tell us your name. Tell us your name. Tell us your name, sir. Tell us your name, please. I'm Brother Charles. Oh, I'm Brother Charles. I'm calling from Bukuri Local. We're listening. My concern is the loan the government uh, collects. The federal government is collecting. The state is collecting. I think the North is enough. About the just land market issue, their government channeled their attention to the to the jobs or roads or other structures they started and they have not completed. But the one at uh, Longwa, leading to the road leading from Longwa to Solomon Amusement Park, they started that road since 2018. They scattered the surface of the road and left it uncompleted. You journalists can have a look at that place. So that when we are talking, you know, we are talking with facts. Let government complete the old job they started and leave the new one for the incoming government. That's my suggestion. Good evening. Happy New Year in advance. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Well, uh, gentlemen, please go ahead and give your responses uh, to the comments you've heard. Anybody can go first. Okay. Anybody can go first. I don't want to mention anybody's <laughs> name. Okay. Um... Concerning this issue of uh, the 2023 uh, general elections, I feel Nigerians should sit down and ask themselves. As we can see, so many politicians are saying they are opting for party loyalty. Should your loyalty go to your political party or Nigeria as a country? Which is greater? Is it the country or is it your political party? Because it's obvious that there are some presidential aspirants that permit me to compare them to lepers giving this luxurious boss to drive down Hawankibo. How many of these people that are shouting support for their presidential candidates will board such kind of a luxurious boss where the driver is a leper? They won't. For instance, the... There is the tax ahead of a president is onerous and huge. And it requires someone with sound memory, someone that does, doesn't forget easily, 
Someone that has the mental capacity to do it. Not that, um, just like Zig said, coming, coming events must first cast their shadow and only fools will fail to decipher the handwriting on the wall of destiny. The major presidential candidates we have, we know them and we have their antecedents. Like Rabi Okonkoso, yeah. Peter Obi, uh, Atiku Abubakar and uh, Tinubu. We saw what particularly the presidential candidate of the APC is doing. He easily forgets it. There is no, it is an open secret that he has, it's like he has, he, he has a little loss of memory since he even forgot the name of his, uh, the, of uh, his campaign director general. You understand? Even to mention PVC was a problem for him in Lagos and many other things. We are seeing these signs, but yet people are saying they will go for such so, a so person. There is another that came out openly and told Nigerians that he's going to sell the NNPC. That is going to empower his friends. Yeah, well, Buhari has sold it. So, are you getting it? He said, "Okay, now he's coming to empower his uh, uh, his friends." They made beer, their thinking, and others. But one thing I want Nigerians to know is that whatever you may get during this electionary period is nothing compared to the pains you will go through for the next four or eight years. This is a deciding period. We decide our destiny and we take it in our hands. Let's go back and do thorough research. Let's forget about this issue of jokes and whatever on social media, doing this and that. Let's go in for thorough research on the antecedents of these presidential candidates so that we can make the right choice. Okay. Any decision we take will live with the consequences. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Shabul Mazadu. Uh, Comrade Aluko. Whatever it will take you to get your PVC, make sure you get it and use it right. Don't sell it. Whatever price they are giving your Maggie is an insult on you and your generation. Don't sell your generation too cheap. And on the plateau state house for assembly, if truly you believe in the plateau, give the people all that they deserve, both financial autonomy and political autonomy. Both of them will complement one another. One outside another is a misnomer. It shouldn't be accepted. And the night assembly should know that they are either writing a positive history or a negative history. And we relieve to name some of them and remind them. To the people, make sure you monitor house as your house of assembly member. Anyone that votes against local government autonomy, punish them and punish their party in the coming election. Thank you Excuse very much, Comrade. Okay. Just a word. Um, I just want to say something on the local government. The fastest and the quickest way to develop a country is to develop the local government. Because the local governments constitute the state and the states constitute the country. So once the local governments are developed, the entire state is already developed. All right. So I think the government should take you to what Thank you. he is saying seriously. Thank you. Gilbert, your final word. Yeah, budget upon budget. <laughs> the Senate has passed an 819.5 billion supplementary budget on the president's request. Will this reflect in the lives of average Nigerians? We get to see. Good evening to our listener. Of course, thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, While the news will come your way, top of the hour, 6 o'clock. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Bye now.